going to pray over the word before we get into it. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God. We thank you for this time to be able to gather together, Lord Jesus, to be able to lift up your name, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that no matter, Lord, the struggles, the, the human things, the flesh, Lord Jesus, um, Lord, you rise above it all, Lord Jesus. Your name is still glorified, Lord Jesus. You are still seated on the throne, Lord Jesus. You still have authority on heaven and on earth and under the earth, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that it doesn't um, depend on our own human uh, shortcomings, Lord Jesus, but it depends on who you are and the sacrifice that you had for our lives, Lord Jesus. So we just pray, Lord, that this morning as we open your word, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just, Holy Spirit, penetrate the hearts of your people, Lord God. Open eyes to see, open ears to hear, Lord Jesus. Teach us, teach us the way that only you can teach us, Lord Jesus. Nothing that I can do, Lord God, nothing that I can sum up into words, Lord Jesus, but through your spirit, Lord, I pray that you would just move across this place, Lord. Shake things up, Lord. Convict hearts. Correct our thinking. Correct our mindsets, Lord Jesus. And I pray that we would walk out of this place, Lord, just a little bit more um, filled with faith, Lord Jesus, and expectancy for what you are going to do through the lives of your people and through the lives of this church. We ask all of this, we pray in Jesus' name, and we all say together, Amen. Okay. Awesome. So we've been going into, okay, I'm going to stop myself there for a minute because I listened back to my last message and I said awesome probably 30 times. So this morning I'm going to challenge myself to not say the word awesome. And I just said it two seconds ago. So listen up. And <laughs> I, had to, I had to call myself out because it was just too funny. So um, we've been going into the Brand Me series. How good has it been? I hope you have all received something from this series. I know that I have. Um, it's been encouraging. It's been equipping. It's been challenging. Um, and we're going to continue in it this morning. Um, Pastor Stefan, my husband, <laughs> he preached last week on um, being marked with boldness. Um, and I'm going to kind of continue and piggyback off the back of that and what that looks like. And the week before that, um, Gabby, incredible Gabby, woman of God, preached an amazing, wow, you got more fans. <laughs> she preached on an amazing word about our spiritual gifts. Um, and it was just, I know I learned a lot from it, even myself. So thank you for preaching that word. Um, today I'm going to be speaking not just from a place of individually being marked by God, but as a church being marked by God. So we're going to broaden it a little bit. And the title of my message is Cities Marked by God. Cities Marked by God. And I don't know, if this is your first time here, you probably don't know the vision of our house, but I'm just going to tell you it right now. This is normally what you would learn in our growth track, which you can still join. You still should join. But I'm going to tell you a little snippet of it this morning because the vision of our house is to plant cities, or to plant cities, wow, to plant churches in major cities around the world. Imagine we planted cities in cities. That doesn't even make sense. So to plant churches in major cities around the world. Why? Why is that hard to um, it's hard because cities are the places where, I don't know about you, but I walk through the streets of Toronto and I feel nothing but oppression and brokenness and hardship and heartache. And my heart burns when I th walk through the streets of Toronto. And so this is the vision of our house. And so 
I want to encourage us this morning as we get into this word. We're going to speak from a place of how. How can we even do this? Where does this even start? Because if we are not marked as a church, we cannot mark cities with Jesus Christ. And so we have to get this understanding first before we can be sent out and go and mark these cities with Jesus. Okay? Amazing. So I said amazing instead of awesome. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, so Matthew 5, 14 to 16, it says, throw it up on the screen, awesome. Ah, <laughs> okay. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now this isn't just speaking about a general city. It's not speaking about Toronto. We're talking about the church here. We're talking about the body, individually and collectively. We are a light and a city up on a hill. And you know what that light is? It's the light of Jesus Christ. It is not the light of us. It is fully the light of Jesus Christ. And I want to speak to something this morning that might wrestle a little feathers, but it's something that is so important because I think that us as a church, capital C Church, meaning all churches in the world, not just here, People Church Toronto, I believe that we have fallen very short, very short as a church to what God has called and appointed the church to be. And I'm going to give some examples because it was breaking my heart as I was preparing for this word um, I was talking with my sister, and she was saying she was going to be bringing some friends out this morning. And unfortunately, they weren't able to come now, but, you know, they're going to come at a time where it is in God's timing, and that's amazing. But it was breaking my heart because a lot of the reasons with conversations that I've had with people and why they don't want to come out to church is because they have a very skewed thinking of what church is. And to be honest, they're not all wrong on a lot of the thinking that they have because the church has fallen very short of bringing God glory. We've become consumers rather than giving God glory. We've elevated ourselves and built hierarchies to be able to get rich off the back of other people. These are just a couple of speculations that happen that people have this idea in their church. We've had offense and people leave. We've had Christians in church that have gotten offended and hurt and that have left and completely fallen away from their faith. We've had um, people be built up on the backs of others and you just give them the task list of things to get done to help build your church, right? And these are just a couple of items that have happened. We've had pastors fall into sexual immorality. We've had families be broken. This is real life. And I don't bring these things to you this morning to be like, okay, don't go to church. Wow, church is a bad place. Why am I even standing here right now? Why am I saying these things? Why would I even be in church if these are the things that we're dealing with? But I'm bringing you these things this morning because it's important for us as a church, if we are going to go out into the world and mark people with the love and grace of Jesus Christ, then we need to understand that we have to put him first, that we give him glory through our lives, that the church is not built on us. The church is not built on Stephen and I. 
We don't know what we're doing. Hate to break it to you. We don't. We're completely living our lives surrendered at God's feet every single day, not knowing what the next thing is going to be, not knowing what I'm going to preach on the next day. I had a mental breakdown last night, just to let you know. I cried. I was, I was, I was going through my word, and I, I spent, it was like 1130 at night, and I'm like, Lord, why are you not helping me right now? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to bring to these people this morning. You're not helping me. What is going on? And I was so weakened. And I just, I, I turned to my husband and I was like, I don't even want to do this. I'm just going to crawl up in bed. I, I literally put my pillow on, over my head. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> and it was good. He prayed over me and it was awesome. Awesome. And then we came together and, you know, God strengthened me and I'm here this morning. So praise God for that. But I'm, <laughs> thank you. But I'm saying all these things because the church cannot be built on man. It has to be built on Jesus Christ. And so my first point is this, the lampstand. The lampstand. And, okay, we didn't write it out that way, but I meant to have the the as a capital. And because I wanted to be on display that the lampstand is not us once again. The lampstand is Jesus Christ. Okay. It's good? Awesome. <laughs> Love that. Okay. So I'm going to tell a little bit about uh, a piece of my story. I've, I've spoken a lot about my story um, before. A lot of you know it, but I'm just going to fast forward to this one part significant significantly that really broke things in my life and made me truly understand the light of Jesus Christ, okay? Now, there was this moment in my life that I battled very much with mental health, and I ended up in a hospital, fast forward, and I ended up staying in the hospital for two weeks, and um, yep, it's a thing, real life, um, not perfect, and what happened in the hospital is I was able to bring my piano in. It was like one of the only things. You're not allowed to bring a lot of stuff into there. And I remember I was just sitting and worshiping and pray, praising God because it was the only thing that gave me peace in the moment that I was in. There was this one pivotal moment where this lady that was also staying in the hospital, she knocked on my door. And I opened up my door. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to be disturbed right now. I'm worshiping the Lord. I don't want to talk to people. And she opened up the door. And she was just like, what are you playing right now? It's so beautiful. And I was just like, oh, I'm just like, it's just worship music. Like, <laughs> sorry if it's disturbing you. <laughs> like, um, and she said to me, she's like, you know what, Kylie? You are such a light in this place. And I remember I stopped dead in that moment and was just staring at her. She's probably like, what's wrong with this girl? But I, it literally was the Holy Spirit speaking so profoundly to my heart and to my spirit in that moment that I was like, Jesus, this is the light of Jesus in my life because I am in the darkest place I could ever be right now. I am consumed and surrounded by darkness. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see a way out. And yet Jesus, in that moment, comforted
invaded my heart by saying, you are a light, Kylie. You are a light in this world because it is not by your doing. It is not by your works, but it's because of me, because of how I have created you, because of my sacrifice for your life, because I have called you, I have appointed you, and I have the, given you the Holy Spirit who is shining a light in your life and is bringing people to follow me because of the work of Jesus Christ. And it moved me. It moved my heart. Because in that moment I knew it was not, it was nothing I could do. It was nothing I could do. It could only be Jesus Christ. And that is what's helped me. That's what's helped me build this, uh, the ministry, the ministry calling over my life. Because I know the pressure is off. It is because of Jesus Christ that we do what we do. And if we build a church that is solely built on Jesus Christ and that we don't elevate ourselves to have glory, the only person in this room that should receive glory is God. That's it. Period. And we need to understand that as a church if we're going to build and if we're going to go out and mark cities. It's easy to have influence in cities. It's easy to draw people into the house of God through lights and excitement and worship. And it's great and it's a band and it's performance and all of these things. It's very easy to draw people in if we cater to the crowd. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with lights and worship music that can be beautiful and God can create, and God's glory can be shown through beautiful production, but it starts with the heart. And if the heart is in the wrong place when you're building the church and the house of God, then it's going to grow stale. And the church is going to be built big and it's going to be built fast and it's going to be like, wow, this church is amazing. God's hand is all upon it. And then it's going to crumble done. And that's why we see happen to a lot of churches. And that's when we see pastors fall into immorality. And that's when we see hearts and souls get lost and taken out along the way because of our own sinful nature and our own pride and our own wantings and doings to be elevated above Jesus. We will never be elevated above Jesus. Okay. I have this, sorry, <laughs> I have this prayer I want to say of you. It says, so I pray even right now, Lord, that you would be the lampstand in this church, that your glory would be on display here, that people would experience the divine nature of God, that they would see beyond their shortcomings, our shortcomings, and not turn their heads from you in Jesus' name. Point number two, hold the line. Hold the line. It says in Matthew 6, 23 to 26, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? I'm going to read that one more time. The eye is the lamp of the body. We are just talking about the lampstand. So if your eye is, unhealth, is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And I want to ask you one simple question this morning. What has been influencing your life? 
have you fallen into being influenced or are you an influencer? Because we can't go out into the world and preach the gospel and bring people to Jesus. And I'm not, and hear me on this, because I'm not saying, we're going to get to this part, but I'm just going to speak to the, the thought that you're probably thinking right now. Because we're not called to just stay in the church, okay? We're not called to hide away and to not make friends with people that are not Christians and to go into the cities and all these things. We're going to get there, okay? So just hold off on that thought for a moment. But we cannot go into the world and be influenced by the world, but we need to influence the world and show them the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you, because it's, it's so important that we understand this, because if we are influenced by the world, then it completely shapes who Jesus is. And this is why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with you. Because if we are influenced by the world and they see the way that you live their life, they're automatically going to associate that with the church. They're automatically going to associate that with God. This is why it's important, and this is why Jesus tells us in the Bible to not cause others to stumble because of our own doing. And so, let me just grab my notes here. What you consume shapes your influence. What's being consumed through what you see, what you watch, who you look at? When people look at your life, are you displaying an example of Jesus? Or is there a bit of a shadow creeping in starting to cover up the light that is in you? And I'm not saying this from a place of shame on you. For you to walk away feeling guilty. Because Jesus is not a God who makes you feel guilty. That's a lie from the enemy. But he is a God that convicts like a good father does and corrects. And he does that from a place of love. Because he wants you to be able to walk out your life in holiness and righteousness and to be closer and closer to the Father. And he wants to use your life to bring him glory. But because of sin and because of our wrongdoings and our shortcomings, that is why Jesus had to come. Because otherwise we wouldn't even be able to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's why we praise him and we come to church on Sundays and lift up his names because he has transformed our lives. He has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has brought us from death into life. And that's why we praise him. It says in Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a verse that we speak about a lot in church, but do we truly understand it? I just pray that this verse would not fall on deaf ears, but we would understand that we should not conform to the patterns of this world. We are not the ones that are being influenced here. We are the ones that are called to go out and be be the influencers of Jesus Christ. Be set apart. 
Don't put yourself in situations that are going to lead you into temptation. I want to speak to something here because I really, even for the, the, the younger generation in this church, don't put yourself in situations that's going to lead you into temptation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be good for you. Put yourself in situations where you can get out of it. This is something I always say. The Holy Spirit always gives you an exit plan. Always. It just matters if you're going to choose to exit or choose to stay. If you're going to ignore the convictions or if you're going to be obedient to the convictions. And there was many situations in my life when I was a Christian, before I was married, where I struggled with, because here's the thing, when you're a Christian, you're not perfect, okay? You still struggle and you battle with the flesh. And so when I was a Christian, perfect Christian, as a lot tried to say that we are, but we're not, okay? Um, squish that lie right there. When I was a Christian, before I was married, I struggled a lot with being in relationships with men sexually. Woo, that's a big word in church. And I remember I used to always ask God, I'd be like, Lord, I know I'm doing something wrong. Every time it happened, I'm like, oh, you get that conviction in your heart. You're just like, mm, I don't want to listen to this. I know I'm doing something wrong, but la, 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 la. <laughs> ignore, ignore it, ignore it. And it got to a point where I literally felt sick inside. I felt sick inside because I knew so much that I was going against everything that God had called over my life, that he called me to purity. And there was a reason for purity because he created it. And it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. And, and I knew that I was going against it. And by doing that, I was actually hurting my father in heaven. I was hurting him. And that started to break my heart and it started to wear on me. And I remember at one point I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, I cannot do this on my own. Once again, I cannot do this on my own. Right? Please, Lord, give me an exit plan. I said those exact words. I said, give me an exit plan. And I remember this one night I was headed to um, this one guy's house and... Um, I remember I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I prayed about it. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're going to give me an exit plan. So it's fine. I'm just going to make my way there and see what happens. And well, inside being like, I don't want, I don't, he's not going to give me an exit plan. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go with it. And I remember my friend from church called me halfway there. I was walking there. She called me halfway there and I was like, oh no. And I picked up and she's like, what are you doing right now? That was literally what she said. What are you doing right now? And I'm like, uh, walking the streets of Toronto. <laughs> just a casual walk through the city. And she was just like, I, ha I just sense in my spirit right now that you're about to do something that you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm not. Um, and I'm really struggling right now. And she's just like, this is your opportunity right now to make a line in the sand moment, to say no, to be obedient. And she's like, trust me, Kylie, 
it's going to get a lot easier after this. Because you're going against what the enemy wants you to fall into. And you're going to take ground in the spirit for Jesus. And I said no. And she was right. It actually got easier. And more and more and more and more, I just, I, I held the line. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. And it got to a point where I literally didn't even desire it. I didn't even want it. I was kind of grossed out by it, to be honest. I felt like I was a 10-year-old again. And I'm just like, ew, boys are gross. <laughs> and I just, I didn't even desire it anymore because my heart was so set on Jesus. And what he was feeding my soul was so much greater than any man could ever feed my soul. And that is the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hold the line. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Okay. And lastly, uh, Camilo, you can come up now. I told him earlier I was going to say Keys can come up because he didn't want me to say his name, but I fully just said his name. Camilo, everyone. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. Is this good? Still following? Awesome. Ah. Whew, okay. So we're going to the going out part now. So we've established, if you're taking notes, that Jesus is the lampstand, right? And everything that we do in our lives leads to Jesus for him to have glory. That's individually, that's as a church, that's as a capital C church, and that's who we build our lives upon. We establish that we have to hold the line. If we're going to influence and mark the cities and be more like Jesus and show the grace and love of Jesus, not be judgmental to people. We are not the judges. God is the judge, not us. We are called to love people. We are called to show compassion and grace to people. That is what God has called the church to do. Okay? And now, with this conviction in our hearts... We are called to go. I'm going to read the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And just before we get into the third point, I just want to speak to this one line because it, it talks about baptism. And we have a baptism service coming up in two, two weeks, two or three weeks. And I encourage you, if you've never been baptized before, to step out in boldness and to get baptized. Because it is transforming for your life. I remember when I got baptized, it was after I had gone through everything that I had gone through, walking in all the sin, all these relationships. And I remember as I went down into the water, I was just like, Holy Spirit, leave all of the dirt 
all of the all of the dead things inside of me all of the sin that is not a part of my life leave it in the water and as I come up I will know that I am created new I'm created in your image I am walking in a new life it's a transformation moment so I encourage you it's a display to the world saying I've said yes to Jesus it's a declaration so I encourage you to do so my third point is simply this here I am Lord send me here I am Lord send me you not me not Stefan not Gabby not Nick not the leaders in your life send you you are all daughters and sons of Jesus Christ which means that you were created and designed with a purpose not just a calling not just a calling of your gifts Jesus came down to the earth he was a carpenter that was that was what he was doing that was his job that was his career path but his purpose was to die on the cross for our sins you might have a calling over your life you might have a calling in the church but don't get that mixed up with your purpose. Your purpose is to bring people to Jesus and to bring God glory through your life. That's it. Done. That is your purpose. Don't get it mixed up. So if that's the case, then he can use each and every one of your lives to bring him glory. If you open your hands and your heart and say, here I am, Lord, send me. It says in Isaiah 6, we don't have it up on the screen, but it's just simply this. And it always, every single time I read this verse, just this one line sticks out to me. And God says to Isaiah, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? And Isaiah says back to him, here I am, send me. Whom shall I send? If he was in this room right now asking that, he was standing at the front with the mic, whom shall I send? Will you raise your hand and say, here I am, Lord, send me? Come on. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We're going to take a moment. Because I really, really pray and believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move in this place this morning to reignite fires in people that we would understand as a church the conviction to not just stay comfortable within these four walls whereas it's important it's important to be in the church of God it's important to gather together it's biblical so don't get me wrong we need to come to church I'm not just saying go out into the world we don't need Sunday mornings none of this the church is important. The body and the gathering coming together is important. And it is, and it is beautiful in God's sight. But he also calls us, the body of Christ, to go out into the world. To not get comfortable. To not get stagnant. To not get lazy as Christians and just wait for somebody else to do it. But he's created you for you. For you to go out. And here's the thing. You don't need a program to do it. You don't need to wait on the church to have something set up for you to be able to go help out at the soup kitchen or to, to plan boxes, to be able to ship overseas. Those, those things are beautiful and it's amazing. We can come together and we can do it. But 
We should wake up every single morning and be like, here I am, Lord, send me. What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say to that neighbor? What do you want me to say to my boss? What do you want me to say to that girl in my class that's hurting so much that cried in front of me the other day and I didn't even know what to do? What do you want me to say to my families? What do you want me to say to the homeless on the street? What do you want me to say to those that are running around the streets with their minds just being completely tormented by the enemy? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? I don't want to live my life just walking in my own selfish ways and waiting for the next person to do it, to do the task. Lord, send me. Send me to do it. Send me to do it, Jesus. Send me to you. Use my life, Lord. Use my life as an altar. I am here and I'm here with a humble heart. Because Jesus, I know I can't do it on my own, but I know with you, Lord Jesus, I can do it. I can do it. I can come with boldness. You've given me the spiritual gifts. I'm going to activate them. I'm going to use them. I don't have the strength on my own. I can't see the things that you see when you look down at the world. If you don't give me the lenses of Jesus Christ, if you don't break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours, Jesus. Break our hearts for what breaks yours, Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, if you, if that's you, I just saw a moment ago, you just raised your hand, but I'm just going to get a couple people to come to the center and I want, we want to pray for you. We want to lay hands on you this morning. We want to commission you. This is a call to action. I don't want us to leave this church this morning and to continue in the ways that we are doing. But I want us to be a church that shows the love of Jesus Christ, that people would come in here and they would feel, they would see the glory of God, that they wouldn't see us, but they would see the glory of God, that we can start shifting people's mindsets of what the church is, because we're losing people along the way. And so if that's you this morning, just start coming up all over this place. Is there a couple of people that can come and pray, please? I want to pray this prayer over you. And then I have this song that was just stirring in my heart that I want to speak out. But Lord, just commission, commission your church this morning. Get us ready, Jesus. Get us ready, God. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just stretch out your hands to those that are coming down, even if that's you. Don't be afraid. Take a step of boldness this morning. And I'll pray this prayer over you. Jesus, mark us as a church to leave your mark in this city and cities around the world. Help us lead with character and the attributes of Jesus Christ. Help us to influence rather than be influenced by the culture and desires of this world. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for your name's sake. Lead us to the altar in humility.
Keep us hungry to commune with you at the table, to persevere beyond our own capacities. Help us to hold the line, to not waver, but to stay faithful and steadfast. Use us to bring you glory. Use your church to be the body you created it to be, to build cities on hilltops, holding up your lampstand, shining your light into dark places, speaking and sharing the name of Jesus until the day you return. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.